This is the Genuine Joy Podcast, where we dig deeper into how we attempt to find true happiness while navigating life. We're your hosts, Matt. And Kelsey. And we're bringing you 100% organic and sustainable amateur advice to brighten your day and maybe even help you look at the world a little differently. Hello and welcome to the Genuine Joy Podcast. We are so excited to be back for another week. And we have a fun topic today of how I turned my little blog into a business. Ooh, ooh. So exciting. <laughs> um, I have a blog post about this, but I get questions all the time on it. And I thought it'd be better for us just to start talking about it because mm-hmm. there's more to it than I could even put into words on a blog post. So hopefully we can dive into the nitty gritty, give you some really good information that you can actually make some action on and if you're interested in starting a blog or even just a business on your own and you you know are at a full-time job now and you want to do something entrepreneurial hopefully this will help you out so we're gonna get started with that in a minute but first let's just check in with you how are you matt i'm doing well yeah sleepy i got home from work this morning and going back tomorrow so yeah uh how are you I'm good. I, um, I'm tired as well. I had a big day in the kitchen doing cookbook recipes, which is exciting. It's exciting. I get stressed mm-hmm. out in the moment and then I'm like, you know what? This is kind of awesome. <laughs> so it was a good day, but I think we're both kind of tired. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> but I'm excited <laughs> to sit down and talk to you too because you've been gone and it's nice to just have a chat. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I wanted to actually ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Before we started, and Kelsey does not know what question I'm going to ask her, but I feel like it was an appropriate question to ask um, at the beginning of this. So that question is, drumroll please, what about being a blogger and doing everything that you do brings you joy? Ooh. I mean, I want to say all, not all of it, but um, I think just getting to do what I love and I love to cook. I love to create new things and share new things with people. That brings me joy. Connecting with the people um, that follow me on Instagram brings me a lot of joy. Um, But probably, honestly, when I think about it, the thing that makes me the happiest of it all is being my own boss. Like it is so empowering, first of all. And second of all, you know, I felt like I was working a full-time job forever, but let's be honest, <laughs> how many was like five years total? Um, but not having to report to someone every day and uh, just, it's so nice. It's so nice to just make my own schedule, work when I want to work. I can get so much done in a smaller amount of time. Like when you think about working a full-time job and all the time that's like wasted because you really don't need to spend nine hours somewhere to get the work you need to get done done it's really nice to just be like okay i need to get these three things done today and i can get it done in three hours and that's all i'm going to do today and if we want to go to cabo if i'm sick if i'm pregnant when i was pregnant and was you know sick for the first two weeks um i could just be like okay i can't work it right now and that was fine and like that freedom is so incredible and makes me so happy every day. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Good, I think question. I think that's a good segue too into. Uh, I think that you have gotten a lot of questions about where do people start who are trying to get a their blogging career going. So do you want to tell us a little bit about how yeah. you got your start? Yeah, and your so, inspiration behind it. 
Yeah, I mean, at the time, let's see, it was 2012 when I started. Sorry, I just went off mic a little bit. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Um, it was 2012 when I started, graduated college in the spring of 2011. And then I moved home, back home with my parents. And then the next spring, 2012, um, you know, I'd been living at home. I was cooking a bunch for them. Um, I would make stuff and bring it into work. I, you know, was just cooking a lot and I followed a ton of cooking vlogs. Um, well, I say a ton. There was like four that even existed at the time, but I followed all of them. Um, Joy the Baker was my huge inspiration. Remember, I was obsessed with her. I still am. Mm -hmm. She's incredible. Um, and it was a baking blog at first. So I'll get, I'll get into that. But I followed a bunch of baking blogs and I thought they were so cool and I did not start it to make money. I did not start it for any reason other than that. I had a bunch of spare time. I was living at home with my parents. Matt was back home with his parents. So you were an hour away and we were doing kind of long distance at the time. So we weren't seeing each other a ton and I just had a free time. I would come home. I remember my first job, um, we were done at 4.30 and I would like get home at like five and be like, okay, what do I do now? I was like <laughs> bored, honestly. So I looked up how to start a blog. I probably just Googled it. And I knew that I had to get um, a WordPress website. At the time you could do like blogger.blogspot.com or whatever and have um, kind of like a, a hosted website that you didn't have to really do much in. It was like a plug and play, if that makes sense. Um, and I knew I didn't want to do that because when I was searching how to start a blog, everyone's like, do WordPress and buy your own domain and your own hosting site because if you ever want to monetize it and make money on ads, it has to be like self-hosted. So basically, if you don't know what WordPress is, it's like a back-end platform. Like if you think of you have your Instagram, you're putting that on Instagram's platform. So it's kind of like that. Um, so I got a WordPress account and a WordPress website. And to hook up to that to like get live, I had to get a domain, which is basically like littlebitsof.com. I bought that. And so I own that domain. So where did you go to get the domain? Um, GoDaddy.com. Okay. And are there multiple places that you can get the domain from? Yes, there okay. are. Um, I went there because it's like the one I had always heard about, like on TV and stuff. I'd seen <laughs> GoDaddy commercials. So I searched it and it was like, you know, it, domains are cheap like three dollars um, a year or something like it i don't know okay so it's an annual fee mm -hmm. to have the domain yeah and okay oh at first i got it for like two years at a time and then recently i got it for like the next 10 years or something you know i know i'm gonna have this for a while um and then you just renew it every time it comes up for renewal so I did that with GoDaddy and at the time I also did my hosting with GoDaddy because once I signed up for the domain, it's like, okay, you're going to want hosting. And I was like, what does that mean? And it's basically the like a storage space for all the information on your website. So, you know, if you're posting blog posts with pictures, that's content and that's um, takes up space storage. What You're more techie than I am. <laughs> what is that even called? <laughs> Um, you know, it's just like space, gigabytes, uh, all those things. Memory, yeah, Memory. storage, all that good stuff. So basically it needs to go somewhere and you need to pay for that space. Um, there's a lot of different ways to do it at the beginning when you just need a little bit of space. It's cheaper. Um, and I did GoDaddy for a really long time. Never had an issue with them. You know, I started in 2012. It's 2019 now. And just at the beginning of this year is when I switched over to SiteGround. Um, I'll link all of this in the show notes, but SiteGround... 
um, basically is the same sort of thing. It's a hosting platform and you can do domains through there too. I still have my domain with GoDaddy because I'm like nervous to switch it over. I don't know why. I think I'm going to do that soon. But um, yeah, so SiteGround is who I'm with now and they're really good. Um, I just ended up having some issues with GoDaddy towards the end because every time a lot of people would go to my site, it would crash and they would always be like, oh, I don't know what's something wrong with your site. But then as soon as I switched to SiteGround, I've never had an issue. So what made you even look into SiteGround in the first place? Um, a couple of my friends use, use it. So I texted some of my blogger friends and a bunch of them use it and have never had problems. And what did they say about it? They just said it's like you can, um, it's a good price. It can handle a lot of storage. Their um, customer service is really great there. So if you ever have an issue, which I've experienced um, when I was first signing up, I just called a couple times and they walked me through everything. They were super nice. Um, so all that stuff is really important. Like the thing about GoDaddy too is you're on hold if you call them with a problem for a long time. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I remember you called me one day and you're like, I've been on the phone with GoDaddy for four hours yeah it's awful um but it took me a long time to have an issue with them but once i did now i'm with SiteGround, and i really love them um it's def it's more expensive than godaddy was which is why it took me a while to switch but i mean obviously it's worth it to have a site that doesn't crash um definitely and anyway so when i first started off that's what i did i got the domain littlebitsof.com i got my hosting uh and then i got um a WordPress site. So it all kind of works together. So that's how I got started. And at the beginning, it was called Little Bits of Real... F no, not Real Food <laughs> Life. That's what it is now. <laughs> little Bits of Baking, baking crafting, crafting, and Life. life. Yes. <laughs> um, I So you get the WordPress website. It's just like blank. And it's just a blank website white page. So... A lot of you are probably thinking, how on earth do I design a website? And as that sounds expensive, it does not have to be. The last time I got a designer, it was more on the expensive side, but that was only a couple years ago. And then um, when I first started, though, I went on Etsy because I was really in an Etsy phase in that time anyways. You can probably find them other places and just Google designer for a website. But um, I thought Etsy was really good because I found a designer who was just starting off her graphic designing company and it was like $30 for her to design my website. It was a super basic, it, I mean, she didn't even do a whole design. She like made a structure that you can just get on WordPress and she added pretty colors and knew where to insert the colors the right way, you know? So it, mm -hmm. it was super ba base level and basic. Um and it's that's all it takes is some just someone who knows a little bit to kind of put a color font in or whatever you want. <laughs> um, for the first four or five years, I was making my own headers on um, and like logos. I'd made my own logos on like paint or whatever, like you know, like that old um, thing. Yeah, Microsoft Com computer paint. application. Yes. And things like that, like it does not need to be fancy at all at the beginning, especially if you're, um, you don't have many people reading it or following it. I just had my family reading it for the first couple of years, probably. It just doesn't need to be anything crazy at the beginning. So, okay, that's kind of the beginning of how I started. Is that a good answer? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, what what kind of camera did you have? <laughs> okay, so I had my old iPhone, which if you have an iPhone now, you can totally get away with using that for your um, blog. People do. On the portrait setting, right? Uh, that too, yes. I mean, mm. even not on the portrait setting. Like, people do amazing photos with iPhones now. But back in 2012, the iPhone was less evolved. And I can post some old blog posts in the show notes because, wow, they were terrible photos. But... I had started my blog, let's say, I started in May of 2012. So from May until December of that year, I was using my iPhone and my dad had a Nikon. So I would use that on occasion, but I had no idea how to use it. So it was just like on auto. Um, and I used that. But then in December, um, I got my first bonus check for my first job. And it was like $400 for that year. And I took it right to Best Buy and bought myself a Nikon camera. I made sure she got the extended warranty too. Yes, you did. Um, but it was like, you know, the 300 something dollar Nikon camera. And that's... You don't remember what like model it was, right? Um, whatever Something with letters and numbers, one. right? Yeah, whatever the cheap one is. I know my current <laughs> camera, but um, it was just the cheap one and it worked. It was great. Like and at the beginning, I was just using auto for the longest time because I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and that works fine. And then throughout the years, I started to buy online courses for food photography. I had no idea, guys. Like if you what, think- What were those courses that you took? I will add links, but there was one by Pinch of Yum, who is a big blogger. And then there was one by Minimalist Baker, who is another big blogger. And then- Now, are they- um food photography specific or yes which is very important because if i just did like a vague photography course it'd be so different because for food you need a certain type of lighting there's certain close-up angles that you need to learn how to do like the pretty much the general ones are like either an overhead shot a 45 degree angle or a head-on and you know, just learning all those sorts of things in these courses. And I learned throughout these courses, I think it was the Pinch of Yum course. Um, you know, I learned how to set aperture and shutter speed and all those things that I had no idea about. And honestly, I I knew I needed to know them and I just like covered my eyes from it because I didn't want to deal with it. Because I'm like, that's, that's just... It's a lot of technical specs. Yeah, right? and it's just like goes right over your head if you have no idea what it was, which mm-hmm. I didn't. And... Yeah, I would also hear like I would listen to what aperture was, what shutter speed was, and why they were what they were, and I just it wouldn't sink in. I'm like, I still don't know what to do. I w- <laughs> it took me a while to. So it's kind of tough putting it all together, huh? Yeah, and, how and to get a good photo. Yeah, and knowing with certain foods and certain colors what's best. And now with my newest camera that I got two and a half years ago or something, I um. I'm just really recently really starting to get the hang of that, like with ISO and there's all these things in photography that if you want to get started, but you're like, it's just too much. I felt the same way. And everyone did. Like, I know so many bloggers now where no one started off knowing what to do. Like, I don't know a blogger who like was a photographer and became a blogger. <laughs> like, that's rare. So if you just don't know. Well, yeah, even looking at your camera now, all the buttons and settings and it's mind-blowing oh yeah i don't even know half of what that, st- yeah, that stuff I have, means. i have no idea i'm just point and shoot right, I right. A photo. <laughs> that's just me <laughs> yeah and it's just obviously how many years has it been now seven is that yeah seven years and i'm still mm-hmm. just getting the hang of it it feels like but it just takes time after time like you remember in long beach 
and I was trying to take photos like out on, we lived in a condo and so it's like an apartment building and there's like a main walkway and I would like, mm-hmm. I knew the lighting was good out there. So I'd like throw a board down and be taking photos in this like common area. People oh, would yeah. walk People by would like, be walking by. just staring like, what are you doing? We're taking photos of I'm food. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Do you guys want some? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when you're not doing it full time and it's just a hobby, it, you feel ridiculous. And that's, I'm like, I can't say this is this is my job. I'm a food photographer. You're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I kind of taking a step back. So it, it really started off as a hobby. Did you have any intentions when you first had the thought of, hey, you know what? I kind of want to start a blog. Did you have any thought of having this generate revenue? No, but then I thought about the fact that I said. I made, I wanted to make sure I got a WordPress website so that I could put ads in it one day. But that was just like the very basic, like I knew Google ads could get you like a couple dollars a day, but I did yeah, but, not I mean, think... you got the WordPress just because you needed a space to put down your text, to put your right. writing and your photos, right? Yeah. Okay. And I, I wanted somewhere to have a hobby, a creative outlet. And like I said, it was, it was baking, crafting, and blogging at the time. I was super into crafts. Baking, crafting, and life. Oh, damn it. I am just losing it. Baking, crafting, and life. I told you guys I was tired. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I was crafting a ton. Like I have a freaking blog post, you guys, about like how to draw letters, paint letters onto a piece of wood. Like (laughs) it says, remember that beach sign? I I painted it white and then I painted, I wrote, I wrote beach in blue and I I have a blog post on how to do that. Yeah, you also had a blog post on how to paint your KitchenAid mixer. Yes, that actually does well still. And a palette headboard. And a palette headboard. That was my first like viral mm-hmm. post, palette headboard. Um, we did it up at my sister's uh, house in Montana. And uh, yeah, we like put together palette wood and made it into a headboard. Put like a, um, a little, what is it called when you, a stencil on it and painted a stencil. Anyways, um, so that was, it was just, yeah, a place to put random stuff I was doing that I thought was super important and no one was reading it. And I wasn't really concerned with like growing my following at the beginning, especially because I didn't get Instagram for the blog until 2016, end of 2015, um, when Instagram had already been around for a while and I had my own personal Instagram for a while, but then I was like, oh, I guess I should do that for the blog. I guess I still wasn't making money at that time. So people have asked me how I gained followers um, for that. And honestly, I had about a thousand followers just on my personal Instagram. And I'm like, I don't want to start from scratch. So I just (laughs) turned that personal one into um, my blog one. And I'm like, sweet, I already have followers. And I'm sure a lot of them ended up unfollowing me. But actually, a lot of my friends like to follow me. So (laughs) who knows? Um, But I kind of recommend doing that unless you want to keep your your personal one. But it was very helpful to have a little bit of a base when growing. Um, so yeah. going off of that, how did you end up gaining followers? Was it a certain certain blog post that just happened to go viral and then you got a lot of followers out of it? Or was it just all the different social media outlets? So... I'll go back to the fact that it started as that baking crafting blog. Mm -hmm. Didn't have an Instagram, didn't have an Instagram. And right before I got an Instagram, that's when I had changed, transitioned from a baking blog to a healthy cooking blog, which I've talked about that many times, but basically I just started eating better and didn't want to blog about 
indulge in baked goods because I was never making them anymore. <laughs> and so I trans- did the whole transition, um, which honestly, when you don't have many followers and you're not making money yet, it wasn't a big deal to transition. I just went back into paint and made well, a new... Did you just wake up and say, hey, I'm going to transition to healthy eating? Or No. It, so it, how did, what was the process of the transition? That took it was just a couple of months because I think I realized it was because we were eating healthier for our wedding mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so I started to do less blog posts because I'm like, well, I don't have anything baking to do because I'm eating healthy now. And so <laughs> then I would eat healthy, but then I'd make a treat just for the blog. And I was like, wait a minute, this seems kind of strange that the platform that I've put out there that's all about me i'm just putting random things that i'm not actually eating and i was eating them when i would make them but it wasn't the general gist of the food i ate so so i started doing here and there healthy recipes and after a while i realized most of the recipes i was putting up were healthy and my baking and baking crafting and life was still on there and it just didn't make sense especially because i wasn't even crafting much anymore because i was more crafting when i was at my Mm -hmm. parents and i didn't have anything else to do with my time more time yeah Anyway, so once I realized my real life was nothing like what I was putting out there, that's when I was like, I'm just going to make the transition, change it to real real food and real talk. Is that what it's called? <laughs> Little yes. bits of real food and real yes. talk. Guys, it's been a day. Was there <laughs> any fear in making that transition? No. At that, no. Because there was literally, I had no followers. I um wasn't making money so it was just like me changing the tagline and no one noticed it was like you know it was not a big deal (laughs) i didn't say like the grand reveal of the new blog or anything so um that was that but then when i started my instagram at the end of 2015 um when you asked like how i gained followers at the beginning uh i just started posting about my food and at the beginning of 2016 is when we did our first whole 30 Mm -hmm. so i started using all the whole 30 hashtags um, all that sort of stuff. And I'm trying to remember even how I started to grow. I, excuse me. <laughs> we can keep that in. Um, so, uh, I don't even remember how I started to grow because it seems like so long ago, but I think I was using hashtags and I remember when it really started to take off was when I started being really consistent about it. I would post on the blog, um, two times a week. Was it three times at one point? I think it was two times a week. I made a commitment to always do it consistently two times a week. And then on Instagram, I think I was posting every day, maybe even twice a day. At one point, I was posting three times a day. And that was aggressive on Instagram. (laughs) Um, But yeah, just being super consistent about it. Like who cares if no one saw it as long as I was being consistent and using hashtags. Like it just kind of started onesie, twosie. People started coming in. And... Let's say I started 2016 with a thousand followers. By September, August, I had four, almost four thousand followers. So it it grew for sure. That was a big year for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was also the year that I started making money on the blog, 2016. Um, but once I hit like Augusty, and I had those like three to 4,000 followers, that's when I got my first Whole30 takeover. And that's when things really started going. And how, at the time, do you remember how many followers the Whole30 Instagram had? Yeah. Oh, oh, the Whole30. Oh, no, at I At that don't. time. It was less than a million, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It okay. was like 200,000 or something. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, because I remember that brought me up to a little over 10,000. I hit 10,000 during yeah, that Yeah, we had takeover. a little celebration for that. that was we were on cool. our little um, road trip. And yeah. I remember that being so pumped about that. Um, so that was kind of how I really started to gain followers. The whole 30 takeovers have been so huge for me. And you might be wondering, how do you even get on that? Well, I remember I had followed it when I first started a whole 30. So in the January, I had been following it. And I think I either knew one of the people that took it over or something and I asked them or maybe I didn't even know them very well and I messaged them and said hey how did you get to take that over I'm really curious I want to do that and they were like oh just email the whole 30 actually I take it back I'm a liar I didn't message anyone I just went on whole 30's website and I found their like whole 30 at headquarters or headquarters at whole 30.com like the general contact information and I emailed that and just said hi I'm interested in doing a takeover and I got an email back a couple weeks later being like that sounds great I'm like hey what (laughs) I couldn't believe it I really couldn't so um that is kind of where things started to move for me so how did you meet other bloggers like did did you have some help along the way from other people I mean is it a cutthroat sort of field not at all. Or is it a, a more community aspect where friends are helping friends? It's totally he- friends helping friends. And obviously, everyone can go to multiple, like viewers can go to multiple blogs. You can go to multiple podcasts. You can go to multiple things. So I feel like there's no sense of of um, rivalry or anything like that, competition. Um, and I'm trying to think of how I started to meet other bloggers. Definitely ones that I followed um a big thing for me back then was um, Lee from Fit Foodie Finds and Davida from The Healthy Maven. They were both bloggers that I followed and loved and they started like a blogger group because they had been getting questions from a lot of people about how to start blogs. And so they started this group to help younger, newer bloggers. And um, I joined that immediately and I immediately met people because of that they did like a Facebook group. And so other a bunch of other bloggers got on the Facebook group that were all starting off and I was starting off so I just immediately started meeting them I started following them on Instagram everyone kind of started following each other messaging and that's like a big reason I met a lot of the people I know now um and then throughout time too it's just following people commenting on their stuff and it's also about finding people that are around the same level as you are if you're just starting out if you have a thousand followers and you find a blogger who blogs about the same sort of stuff with a thousand followers, then message them and be like, Hey, I see you're just starting off too. Um, I would love like an accountability partner, you know, just reaching out to help each other out because that has been huge for me. Finding friends who I can talk business with, who I can, you know, ask anything to talk about rates and what are you charging and what brands are you working with? And it's so nice and such an open community, but it's definitely about finding people that are kind of on your level because, I I am too little to reach out to like Pinch of Yum or Minimalist Baker, these people that I've talked about that have millions of followers because they're all friends with the people in the million follower group. <laughs> it's just kind of how it works, I feel like. And uh, it's been really fun to g- grow with the people that I started with too. It kind of gives you this sense of community. So I definitely think reach out to people um, that are around where you are. Um, I mean, I don't know of any blogger groups right now, but I bet if you searched in or Google for blogger groups or Facebook for blogger groups, there's tons out there, but it's really about putting yourself out there. What did you personally search for? 
I wish How did I you find Okay. I don't know, but I was in another blogger group too online that I found through, I think, Instagram. Uh, another blogger I follow had started it. So um, it's all about kind of putting yourself out there and searching hashtags too. If you search like hashtag new blogger, I don't know. There's probably tons of things, but it definitely takes a lot of research. Yeah. So one of the <laughs> one of the things that a lot of your followers have asked and you've told me multiple times I got another message asking this question is at what point did you start making money and how are you still making money yes so (laughs) this I get this all the time and it's a great question because I had no idea myself when I first started um but the first way I started to make money was ads on my website so back way in the day when I first started, I got way, Google ads. Way, 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 way back in what year? 2012. 2000, okay. When I first started. Right. I had read, you can get Google ads. So I got those. And that literally brought in, at the beginning, pennies. At the end, at its height, dollars, a couple of dollars. It's not good. You don't make a lot of money at all. But it's the one. How does how do the ads work? So for the Google ads, it was like a copy ads, and paste. ads in general. What do you mean how they work? How, how do you generate revenue by having ads on your site? So with Google ads, um, you get a Google ads, uh, what's it called? Account. And then on the back end, it says like, here's an ad that's 200 by 200 pixels. Here's an ad that's 700 by 200 pixels. There's all these different size ads. And so I would like copy and paste the 200 by 200 into my sidebar because that's a, I wanted that size for a sidebar. I'd copy and paste that ad and put it there. And then Google Ads would serve an ad there. They were in charge of that. It could be whatever they wanted. Um, you can usually choose like things if no alcohol, no tobacco, no, you know, certain things you mm-hmm. don't want on there. Um, and yeah, so I did that and I just input them myself and then I would make a little money. And I don't know how exactly it worked beyond that, but that's all I would do. And while I don't recommend it to make millions, I recommend it. I, I think they still have it. I haven't looked recently. But it's the one, the reason I would recommend it is because it is the one thing that anyone can use. Where I'm on Ad Thrive now, which I'll talk more about, but it's an ad network and you have to apply to get into that. What's an ad network? Okay, so there are all these ad ad networks. The two major ones are AdThrive and Mediavine. And they're pretty similar from what I've heard. A lot of my blogger friends use either or. Do you have a question? Yeah. What do you mean by ad network? Okay, yeah, I'm getting into that. Okay. So those are the two major ad networks. They are basically these companies that do all the work for you. And they work... So AdThrive, let's say, who I work with... They, as a company, will contract with a bunch of advertisers. So let's just say Simple Mills and Nike and Adidas and Toyota and all these different people. Okay. They'll contract with them. And, you know, Toyota will say, I say Toyota because I used to work for the, their advertising agency. <laughs> um, they'll say, okay, AdThrive, here is, you know, a million dollars or whatever it is um, to serve our ad. We want it in food blogs and fashion blogs and um we want it to be with people in the age range of 30 to 50 or you know they'll they'll give their stipulations parameters right. and they'll pay ad thrive to do that then ad thrive works with a bunch of websites me included um to put those ads on our site so 
if that makes sense. And then they'll pay me with that money from Toyota or whatever. They'll pay me based on how many people see the ad. So that's why you have to apply to be part of these larger networks because they're working with big brands and they need kind of a guarantee that you will bring in income. So I remember when I applied to AdThrive, you had to have 100,000 page views a month or more to even apply. And I don't know if it's the same. I, I got in with them when they kind of were first starting out. So it could have changed. But that's the reason I don't recommend it to beginners because the company itself you had need, that requirement. Yeah. And you need like more follow, more um, page views a month. Mm-hmm. So that's who I use now. And it was a huge change for me because I used Google ads and then I used gourmet ads, which I think is probably still a thing too. Those were both ad networks that um, you did not need a certain amount of page views to get into. Um, but it, that also is you're doing all the work. You're copying, pasting ads into certain areas where ad thrive you say hey i'm signed up with you and they'll go back into your site they'll have a technician and it's free to have ad thrive they'll go into your site and they will put everything there and you just get a check every month and you can go into your back end to see how many page views you're getting how many ad clicks all these different things so So every single time your website is loaded even if they go to a different page within your website, it reloads a new page. Yes. So you're getting paid every single time a new page is loaded. Yes. So if you're listening to this, go to my website (laughs) and just keep clicking around, scroll up and down, hang out for a little while, just leave it up on your screen. (laughs) Keep The amount of of time someone's on it, I get paid more too. Um, So yeah, it definitely is huge, which is why... Um, people want you to swipe up and head to their website because we'll make money. That's a page view. Yeah. Okay. And I have a funny story about page views for the listeners. Uh, so this was back when Kelsey was first starting off with her blog, had a couple ads on her site. We were trying to think of ways to get more followers and more (laughs) page views. And we ended up, uh, going to a UCLA football game at the Rose Bowl, which is in Pasadena. And yours truly did not have a ticket to get in. And so um, we had Kelsey, myself, and your sister, mm-hmm. um, and Lindsay and Simone, right? Yeah. They ended up meeting us. We just went to a bar <laughs> in Pasadena to go watch the football game. And afterwards, we were just waiting for our ride home. And we just kind of was like, oh, let's go just walk around town for a little bit. So we ended up going to... Williams-Sonoma, just to mess around, it's just, just look at stuff. At yeah. And we ended up going to the Apple store and I saw a bunch of open computers and iPads. I went around the whole store and loaded Kelsey's webpage on every single one that was, was in so the awesome. store. We clearly had beers <laughs> and he was just going around. It was so great. That's true love right there. Yeah, it was, it was fun. So so funny hey but any any way to get a little we bit still do more. it when we go into apple stores if you guys want to do that too no, little we bits we of done it in a while. <laughs> i've done it i don't know about okay. you <laughs> i have not <laughs> not all of that but yeah so basically that is um the first way i started to make money but that was like i said at the beginning pennies dollars a day um and then in 2016 is when I think that's when I switched to Ad Thrive at the beginning of 2016. And they pay better, right? They pay much better. Okay. I remember I was I had made like three dollars a day was like the most I had made or something like that with like gourmet ads, the previous one I was and with. Google, right? And Google. And 
the day I switched to AdThrive, I made like $30 on the same amount of page views. But it was just a That's game a big changer. Difference. It was a game changer. I was like, oh my God, $30 are like, that is insanity in one day. I couldn't believe it. I felt like a millionaire. <laughs> and um, then that was the beginning-ish of 2016. And right around then, I have been talking to my friend Leaf at Foodie Finds. I probably talk about her a lot on this episode because she is my queen. And she helped me so much in the beginning. She's just such an inspiration. And she's such I'm a interject bad A and, businesswoman. And say that I think that was a catalyst for you. Mm, absolutely. That conversation, that forging that now. That even goes for our safe friendship. Oh, hell yeah. Um, oh, sorry. It's, it's explicit. <laughs> um, after you talked to her... And learned a little bit more about this whole thing. You just had so much more drive and desire. And you kind of had this wide-eyed look of, I can do what? And you just started going for it even more. It was really neat to see. Well, she is a year younger than me. And at that time, she had already been doing it full-time for a couple of years. And Mm -hmm. I was just mind-blown by the whole thing. And she basically told me, like, you need to start working with brands. You need to email these people. You need to ask for this money. And I just couldn't even believe it because I started to email brands and I'm like, this is ridiculous. I have nothing to offer. I felt like I had no followers because at this time I probably still had around like maybe at that point I had like 2000 followers on Instagram. And I just thought, okay, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to email these brands. They're probably going to ignore me, but let's see what's the worst that could happen. They'll just say no. So I emailed, I remember Tessie Mays was the first company that I worked with and I emailed them just being like, I really love your sauces. They're super great. I have this blog. Um, and at that time it was the page views. I had, I had a decent amount of page views on my blog. I think I was at like 150 ish thousand at that point a month. And that was good for starting out. And even though I didn't have a lot of Instagram, people like to see a lot of page views on blogs. So I emailed them and I said, hi, um, I think I asked for like $300 for a blog post. And I said, that's my rate. And they responded, hi, Kelsey. Wow, that sounds great. We'd love to work with you. We'll also send you some sauces and yada, yada. And I was like, Matt, I'm getting money to, to do this. Uh, I could not believe it. And um, that year just kind of went, was this, I think I might be a liar. I think this might have been, this whole year might have been 2015. It doesn't really matter the okay. year number. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> but, because I didn't get my first paying gig and then quit my job that year. That was different. No, you did not. No. <laughs> I would not let you. <laughs> um, no. So, either, I think this was 2015, but either way, um, I got my first paying gig and then I got another one right after that. I think I had asked, I think... Lee had been working with um, Nakano, their rice vinegar company. And I asked her for the contact info and she was like, oh yeah, here you go. And then I had another, another brand to work with. And I just couldn't believe I had started to make money on this. So I kept throughout that year working with more brands, working with more brands. And every time I talked to Lee, she would be like, hey, you need to ask for more money. You need to ask for more money. Are they saying yes every time? I said, yeah. She's like, okay, then you're not charging enough. And she was just such a good motivation. I was like, but I want to get the job. And she's like, if they say no, then you'll go back down and you'll counter. Like, come on, this is a business. And I was like, okay. So there's a lot of negotiation involved with this, correct? Totally. And that's why it's so hard because you have to reach out to these brands and you have to say, hi, I'm great. 
which is really hard to do for anyone to just how do you justify that right how do you say wait what do you mean justify that how do you you go into a brand say hi i have i have this great blog right how do you like explain why you're great yeah um well for me at that time it really helped with my good page views um do they solely look at page views no, they look at everything, social following okay. and all that stuff. But and that's why I didn't feel good enough or adequate because I didn't have a big Instagram following at the time. And I thought that's all that mattered, but they liked paid views. So I was like, great. Like right now it's different. Right now, this t- day and age, Instagram's more important, I feel like. Page views are still important, but I haven't had a brand ask me what my page views are in a long time. I still send it to most of them just because I have it in my media kit, which I'll talk about. Um, I'll just talk about that right now, actually. So a media kit is basically like a resume. I feel like I'm rambling. Feel free to interject whenever you have a question. Um, But a media kit is basically a resume where you say, on the first page of my kit, I have a picture of me, my logo, a little bit about what my blog is about. And then I have basically all my stats. So my page views per month, my Facebook followers, my Instagram followers, Pinterest, um, my email subscribers. I have some photography samples. Um, what else do I have on there? You know, like things I could do. I could do photography, writing. I can do ghost writing. I can do this. I don't know. I have like a bunch of things written down. Um, and so it's basically proving why you're awesome. Exactly. And why you can reach the following that you can reach. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like, this is what I have to offer. And then on the second page, which is like my pricing kit, I have all my prices. So this is how much it is for a blog post with social. This is how much it is for Instagram. This is how much it is for Instagram plus Instagram stories. Like, it so you break it down, down into a bunch of different combinations of, you know, starting out from the smallest dollar amount that you view. Yeah. And then I always, which is what I like to do with brands is say, hey, this is my pricing. But if you want to do like a six month partnership, it, it'll be re- a reduced price because I like a longer term partnership. Um, and once again, while I say this, I only reach out to brands that like I actively love and use. Um, and that's the kind of people I like to work with. And I'm not working with a lot of brands right now because honestly, the ones I like and use either their budgets are full or they don't have a budget. So I'm not working with a lot of brands right now. And that's fine because I'm not going to just go work with random brands that I don't use just because, you know? Um, yeah, I remember Lint chocolate reached out to you. Oh yeah. Heinz, Nestle, all these people have reached out to me before. (laughs) I remember you told me that I go, when I, did, I love lint chocolate truffles. The white chocolate ones to me are amazing. <laughs> but I remember you told me that and I, I go, that'd be awesome. But that's not brand specific. Yeah, it was for Easter. They were like, or for yeah. chocolate bunnies or whatever, do a whole thing. And I was like, nope, sorry. Um, So just know that. <laughs> um, So when I'm talking about how to make money, let's see, we've talked about ads. That's how I make a decent amount. Mm-hmm. That is like, not to go into too specific of what I make every month, but that is our covers our mortgage and we live in Southern California. So it's a good amount. Um, ads are that. And then I work with brands. Um, I do a lot of it's just one off Instagram stuff right now, but I do, I have some great partnerships. I'll plug them right now. Cal Giant Berries. I have a partnership with them this year. They're an amazing client And I really love to work with them because I love berries and it's just simple and they are delicious. So that's really seamless for me. Yeah. Um, And then another big thing is affiliates. So I have certain affiliates. I don't, a lot of brands like to do 
a, brand, a lot of brands like to do um, affiliate work, but I don't like to do too much of it because I just feel like I'm constantly doing, hey, swipe up for this, swipe up for this, swipe up to get a discount. So um, I really pick and choose my affiliates. And then I obviously, if you follow me on Instagram, you see I swipe up for like my clothes I'm wearing. And so I make a percentage of some of those things. Like um, a lot of the Amazon stuff I buy, there is an Amazon affiliate program that anyone can sign up for. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> you can just search that in Google yeah. or your favorite search engine and find yeah, that, Yeah, Amazon right? affiliates. Okay. Um, and that you make a percentage of the sale, um, but it's like, I think you started off at like 3%. I think I'm making 7% right now. But that's just because you have built up this following, right? Yeah. Once you, okay. p- once enough people start clicking on your links, your your percentage goes up, but it's really not that much at the end of the day. Um. I make a couple hundred dollars through Amazon affiliate links yeah. a month. So it's nothing to um, Scoff frown at. at. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> nothing to be upset about. Um, and then, like, I, I don't know if you guys know what affiliates mean. I keep saying it. But basically, it's just some of them I get a discount code. Let's say Primally Pure. I love their deodorant. I love their dry shampoo. Matt uses their deodorant, too. Mm-hmm. Um, their chapstick. Like, a lot of their stuff I love. And so they give me this like back end system that I signed into and I can get links in there that I can give to other people and I'll make a percentage of the sale. I think it's like 10% or something um, with Primally Pure. And then also on top of that, they give me a code to give to you guys. So this isn't sponsored by Primally Pure, but my code is Kelsey 10. (laughs) But it's just an example. It's an example. So I give you guys a code, you get 10% off. I make 10%. Everyone's happy. Um, and that's how it works with a lot of stuff. So like butcher box is a great affiliate cause mm-hmm. we use their meat all the time. We get it every month and it's super simple for me to be like, Hey guys, they give me great deals to pass on to you guys. So it's kind of everyone wins. Um, yeah. Butcher box has been awesome for yeah. us cause <laughs> we get to try all these different kinds of meat that they put out and it's all yeah. very well raised, treated, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we, I mean, we honestly love it and use it. So it's super easy to mm-hmm. just be like, Hey guys, swipe up. Um, so those are affiliates. And then the last area that I make money in is my product. So I have eBooks. Um, and soon to want, be cookbook, soon to be cookbook. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's exciting. But I have eBooks, which I created myself. Like all you have to do is, um, I hired a designer, but you could even do it in like Canva. I think there's different things online, but I recommend hiring a designer if you're going to do an eBook and you do all the work, you write the recipes, put in the stuff and you put it into like a PDF and you sell it. Um, I have Shopify to sell my eBooks through and I also sell mugs you guys want a mug <laughs> it says all i need is coffee and sweet potato toast <sighs> yeah we, should, we actually should probably talk about sweet potato toast kind of has something to do with how i was able to leave my job yeah that's actually what's coming up next is oh. at what point did you decide <clears throat> to stop doing your nine to five and do the blog full time i don't know why everyone says nine to five can we talk about that it's eight to five <laughs> Who works nine to five? Some people actually do work nine to five. Who? Actually, a lot of people. Tell me. I can't tell you specifics right now. 
I think it's ridiculous. Every time I hear working nine to five, I think it's because of the song. I think it's because of the song because I don't work nine to five. I worked eight to five and it was upsetting. Um, so anyways, moving on, <laughs> I feel like I'm rambling. Um, I made a little thing called sweet potato toast, which if you haven't made it, I don't know what planet you're living on, but you're not my friend anymore. No, I'm just kidding. I made a blog post about how to cut sweet potatoes into toast and toast it in the toaster and it went viral. I was at my job and everyone, and I looked at my analytics. There's Google analytics to see how many people go to your website if you're wondering. And I had like 45,000 people on my blog in one day, like at noon, by noon. And I was freaking out. And um, then that led to me being able to be in Glamour Magazine, going on the Dr. Oz show, all these great opportunities. And at the same time, I'm obviously working with brands. I'm telling them about all this stuff. They're getting excited. And pretty much towards the end of that year, Matt and I were going to buy our house. And so once we were able to close on the house, I'm like, cool. They already called and said I have a job so so we can um, get our loan approved and I'm quitting this thing. And I didn't say I could quit until I was making as much money on my blog as I was, um, at my current job. So I remember at the time, I'll just say real numbers for this, this part of it. Cause I think it's helpful. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was bringing home around $3,000 a month, like bringing home after taxes and stuff for, at my um, full-time job. And so once I hit that 3000, I think I had gone past 3000 on my blog. I was just like, hands up. Thank the Lord I'm out of here. (laughs) And it was nice too, because at the time I, that was extra money because you were in paramedic school that whole time. So we needed all that money. But then when Mm -hmm. you got a job, I, we didn't need all of that. So I um, could quit my job. And then I basically just still had a job, which is blogging. And it's been that way ever since, huh? It's been that way ever since. It's gone up and up and up since then. And it's such a blessing. I just, I can't even believe this is what I do. Um, and turning your brain into, okay, this isn't a hobby anymore. This is a business that I need to consistently show up for and consistently make more and more money with. That was not hard, but it was like, it's what I what you have to do. You can't just sit there and be like, yeah, I get to create my own schedule. I can go to the gym and then just hang out and do whatever. It's like, okay, I need to make money today. How am I going to do that? So you work so hard once you quit your full-time job, if you're ever <laughs> going to do that. Or I mean, I was working so hard before I quit, but once I quit, I was like constantly grinding and I still am today, but I also am kind of relaxing now. Um, I mean, I'm writing my cookbook, which is my main focus. Um, but it's, it's just, it's different to think of it as a business than a hobby. So that goes into like taxes and all that stuff, which I know you'll ask me about. That's actually next. Beautiful. So a lot of viewers of viewers, followers, fans have been asking about taxes. How do you file them? Are you a sole proprietor, proprietor, sorry for my ecstasy there, uh, versus LLC. Uh, LLC stands for what again? Limited Liability Corporation. And that's about the extent of it that we know, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because I'm not LLC. So I am a sole proprietor. Basically, the reason I'm not an LLC is because the only reason you'd become an LLC is because you would be um, 
like better safeguarded if someone tried to sue you basically and in what i do i don't think the chances of me getting sued are super high um and there's a lot of fees that go involved with being an llc so it's just kind of not worth it right now um i think eventually maybe i'd go that route but um, not at this time. I haven't had to yet. As far as taxes, the last two years, because I've been doing this full time for two and a half years. So the last two tax seasons are um, when we've really had to pay back money. So, you know, when you have a normal eight to five job, you usually get a little money back or you are break even or something. Well, that's that's the way it was for us is that right. we used to be able to expect a little, little bit of money back every year when tax season came around. Right. And it's not the case. Not anymore. <laughs> but um, I've learned really how to run a business a bit better because the first year, um, so not this past tax season, but the one before that, um, I paid a lot of money in taxes a lot of money you guys more than ten thousand dollars more than twenty thousand dollars i'll stop there but it's it was a lot of money yes it was and it we had saved for it so i had the money saved but it was like almost all the money i had saved and i was like oh my goodness good thing i had that much saved but holy moly we need to think about this i need to save more so for this last year i saved even more and we were pleasantly surprised that I only had to pay a lot less because I hired someone. <laughs> and last year, well, next year will be even better because I hired Catherine this year, my intern. But last year I hired my mom. So she was working for me doing social media stuff. And I also hired a brand management company that helped me get certain brand partnerships. And so I was paying them a percentage of things I would make and paying all these people and I had done the mugs, which I had paid money to get all those mugs that no one bought. There were a lot of business <laughs> expenses exactly. as well. So a lot of these business expenses and paying people basically brought down my, what is it, net gross income? I don't know the term. <laughs> the overall money I ended up bringing home after expenses was a lot lower. Ergo, I um, had to pay less taxes, which was lovely. So that was a nice surprise this year. But um, I generally try to save 20% of everything that I bring home for taxes. And that has been good. Um, but it is hard to not work a full-time job and not have that just automatically taken away. Because you have to save it yourself and be like, why does the government hate me? <laughs> um, but it's worth it. Hey, that pays for a lot of things. Exactly. <laughs> so worth it. So you mentioned earlier that you hired uh, an intern, Catherine, last year, as well as your mom. Um, what made you decide to hire them and how is it managing them? So... With my mom, she is helping me with Pinterest and Facebook scheduling, which was just two tasks that were so time consuming for me and um, also the last thing I wanted to do. And so they were the first thing that I knew I should give up. Um, and I talked to my mom about it and she's like, I think I can learn that. And she wanted to make a couple extra bucks and I'm like, great. So I taught her and she is killing it and she's, I don't even have to think about it, which is so nice because I remember it used to be a huge thing I was constantly thinking about. Um and she's taking over all of that, which is great. And then Catherine, 
is my intern who started just at the beginning of this year and she has been incredible. I knew basically if I wanted to grow, I had to have someone help me. And I knew with having a baby this last year that once, so Ruth started her going to daycare in February of this year and I hired Catherine in January because I knew that once Ruth went to school, I needed someone to kind of almost keep me on task and help me get my things done. Because I felt like the minute she was out of the house, I would just like sit there and be like, oh, it's so nice to not have a child in the house. It's quiet. And then I don't know what I would get done. So she has just helped me not only in terms of helping me with physical things like coming over once a week and helping me cook and recipe to test and develop and clean and all sorts of things. Um, But she's also just helped me in general because I have an employee. It helps me think, okay, what's the bigger picture? How are we going to grow so that we all can grow together? And um, she's always coming up with new ideas. It's just so nice in a company to bounce ideas off of people. When you're by yourself constantly thinking your own thoughts, it's, it can drive you crazy. So I was very lucky that I had the forethought to hire her because once I got this book deal for the cookbook, I definitely could not have done this alone because she is such a lifesaver. I'm say this again because she came over today and I was like taking a bunch of photos and I come back in the kitchen and like it's almost all clean already. And I'm like, this is the best ever. It is worth every single penny. And I um, have also made a friend in her, which is awesome. Um so yeah, I, I don't really feel like a manager. I'm probably not a good one because um, she only comes over once a week. And then when there's other work to be done, I tell her what to do. Um, but I also like that she is a very competent person who can figure it out. So I just tell her what to do and she gets it done. So she doesn't just work for you here, right? You give her stuff to do remotely? Correct. Yes. Okay. I have her. I originally hired her for 15 hours a week. It's a little less than that, but um, she gets done what she can done, get done because she also has a job that she works like 30 hours a week with and that's busy right now. So I, I don't mind if she can't get to something or whatever it may be, but she always gets everything done that I need her to do. So it's pretty great. Yeah. So you mentioned, uh, earlier about having a cookbook. How does that work with the business? So right now my priority is the cookbook and, while it doesn't make a lot of money, I have an advance that I get broken up into three parts, which I think I could do a whole episode on like how a cookbook deal works. But basically, it's broken up into three parts. One I've gotten, one I'll get when I turn in the manuscript, and then one I'll get when it's published. And they're not huge. It's it's just kind of like a, hey, here's a little money for groceries, even though I don't even think it will cover all the groceries that I do for this cookbook. Um But the priority right now is the cookbook because I want to create an amazing book. I want it to be in your hands. I want you to love it. And I'm also working on blog stuff, but a little less so than I used to, obviously, because my priority is the cookbook. And so I'm doing definitely a lot of easy recipes for the cookbook right now or for the blog right now. Um, Like this week, I'm probably going to get up one recipe, which is fine. Like usually I get up two, but... I have so many recipes on my website that I know you guys can come get whenever you need. Um, And I'm giving a lot of good info and simple recipes on Instagram stories and Instagram right now. So it's kind of changing. And like I said, I'm not picking up a ton of sponsorships right now because I don't have time because of the cookbook and because just it's a lot of it's just not working out right now. And that's okay. We're kind of in a season where it's in a bit of a lull business wise, um, to be completely honest. Um, But 
I find other ways to fill in and luckily you have a great job. <laughs> I mean, I, um, maybe it's not as good as my job. Hey, I love my job. <laughs> uh, so looking into, I guess this kind of segues into the next part of it is what's your plan for the future? What is in store coming up for little bits of real food? Well, real talk. Go. Matt and I are going on a genuine joy tour. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One day, guys, um, just share this podcast with some friends. Let's get this going. Um, no, but I uh, I see me writing multiple cookbooks, hopefully. I see them becoming just New York Times bestsellers, obviously. <laughs> uh, and just keep doing what I'm doing. I also want to raise a f- wonderfully healthy and happy family, which is a huge priority. So I am just really fortunate to be able to do what I do. I've said this multiple times, but I'm not out here looking to become a multi-million dollar corporation of myself. I want to create a space that people can come to and feel no judgment, find some healthy recipes, have some laughs, and just come out feeling better. And if that can be on the scale it's at now forever, I'll be so happy. Would you say that you want them to be a little bit more joyful? I would say that. (laughs) (laughs) But like genuinely joyful, you know? It's nail on the head right Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But I mean, what do you think you want to see in my future? Turn it back on you. Uh, everything you just said. So oh, we have some questions. <laughs> uh, just two more questions from listeners here. Uh, the first one is, how do you get over the fear of judgment online? Yeah, I've gotten this question before. And I also have gotten the question of like, how do you get on Instagram stories and not like freak out that thousands of people are watching you? And I just don't care. I think, I don't know if it's because I turned 30, but I felt this way last year too. I just feel like... If anyone wants to judge me, then that's their problem. I just don't care anymore. Like, I feel like I get judgment on occasion, but not even really because I'm putting my full real self out there. And if it doesn't jive with you, then you can just move on. And I'll tell people that. You don't have to follow, Exactly. This is a fully (laughs) voluntary place. Like, if you don't like this podcast, just, like, stop listening. Like, it's, you are in charge of your own self. So if you don't like it, move on. If you like it, cool. Nice to meet you. Um, But in general, if you're kind of thinking, oh, I want to start off with a blog or a platform or an Instagram, but you're afraid of being judged, um, just don't don't be afraid because you're going to put out what you're going to put out and hopefully what you're passionate about. And if people don't like it, they don't need to be there. There are people who follow people they don't like just to mean talk them. But I swear, if you're starting off, no one's going to do that. I think people do that to like Kim Kardashian. But people are much nicer than they are mean, if that makes sense. Like, yes, it does. I think just go with the idea that people are going to be nice and put out what you're passionate about and talk about what you love. And well, there's nothing wrong with being yourself, right? Exactly. And it's it's hard not to like be in the comparison game or feel like people are judging you, but they're not. They're not. People are much more concerned with themselves than they are with you. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I I feel that I enjoy watching and following people based off of just really how passionate and real they are about things Mm -hmm. you know um with lifestyle stuff obviously there's people who go on and are actors and stuff like that but that you know yeah besides the point here um (laughs) but for me 
seeing the realness behind somebody is what makes me enjoy that. Yeah. So, all right, last question. Do hashtags really work? (laughs) Such a great closer, Matt. (laughs) Um, So I got this question a lot, which is why I wrote it down. Um, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I still use them on occasion, but I don't know if they work. I honestly don't. I, I think some days they do and some days they don't. So there you go. Is the hashtag hashtag dead? It might be. I think the hashtag algorithms are hashtag killing all of us because Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest have all decided to just hide everyone's stuff from everyone. And it's upsetting, but at least people watch Instagram stories. It's kind of where I thrive. So mm-hmm. thanks for watching. If you watch those, follow me at little bits of underscore real food. Um, but guys, it doesn't matter if you know the hashtags, use the hashtags, Put out con- content that you care about and that you believe in and something will happen and be consistent. So if you could give one and only one bit of advice to somebody who's made the decision they're going to start a blog, but they haven't produced anything yet, what would you tell that person? I kind of just said it, but be consistent. It is the biggest thing that helped me along the way. So if you're going to start and you want to start posting on Instagram, but if you don't know what to say, then you need to figure that out first because you need to know what you, what you want to talk about, what you want to say. And once you know that, be consistent, post every single day, make it uh, your August or July goal to post on Instagram every single day make a plan for yourself and just go with it because that was the biggest thing that kept me from going anywhere when I first started is I would post one blog post then I'd wait a couple weeks I'd post another one then I'd post like three right away day after day because I had three in my head and then I would wait another month and it was just so inconsistent like who would follow along with that so if you're consistent and you're posting all the time I would I want to follow someone who has consistently good content to come out so that is the biggest thing I have to say. Okay. One last question from me. Yes. That I think some people who are interested in starting their own thing uh, might want to hear from you is, were you ever scared throughout this whole process? Totally. Totally. Like when I, when we, I was quitting my job and you didn't have a firefighter job yet. We hoped you would get one and we bought a house. We had to make our mortgage payment. We were like, okay, well, I hope this works. Well, I going was back terrified. further than that, were you scared to start? Honestly, no, at the beginning, because I didn't think, okay, I need to start this because I need to make money and I need this to become a thing. Mm-hmm. It was just a hobby. So I had fun with it. And that's why I think you need to start. I feel like because now blogging can clearly become a career when it wasn't like that for me when I first started I I didn't know it could be one like that wasn't a thing people did so because of that I had no expectation which I think now because people know that can happen they kind of go in like I need to make money I need to turn this into something but you have to give yourself time and if you're consistent it might take two three four years for you consistently putting out stuff to start to grow or to have the right person see your content or whatever it might be for you to get to the next level. But if you care about it and you love it, 
just keep doing it and do it because you love it. Don't do it because you know you need to be consistent for four years to turn it into something, you know? Like that's why it's so important that the content you put out there is stuff that you want to put out there. Sometimes now I don't post on Instagram for a couple of days because I literally am just like not inspired or I sometimes I forget. But um, a lot of times <laughs> it's just like yesterday I didn't plan on posting a picture of my newly put together fridge, but I was so proud. I did the fridge and I made it all pretty and I was like, huh, I'm going to put that on Instagram, which is what Instagram started out as Instagram, like immediate things you're doing, posting pictures of. You know, like I think it's important that you just care about what you're putting out there. And now I'm repeating myself, but I think you guys get the gist. Um, I do want to say if you have any questions about starting a blog, um, I'm happy to answer questions. I don't really have time to like go out and have coffee with anyone that's local. But if you email me, I also really appreciate if you would email me questions. And if you have serious questions, I've had many people send me heartfelt, nice emails about wanting to start something and I'm happy to give feedback. Um, but just don't, I get a lot of people that just message me like, Hey, tell me what to do like on Instagram. And it's not that easy. <laughs> so I think if you're, yeah. And I feel like everybody's path is unique as well. It's not yeah. like you have this one starting point and then everybody follows in the same footsteps as somebody else. I feel like this whole career path is new and there's so many different frontiers to be forged. And, um, it's not this cookbook, no pun intended, of do this, this, and this, and then you'll be able to do this, this, and this. Yeah. So, And that's the big thing too, is if you feel like, oh, I want to do this one thing. I really want to talk about how the different ways I make hamburgers and how I do it every week and they're so good. But I feel like I no one does that and I don't know if that's something I can do. Like, yeah, you can do it. Do whatever you want to do have a whole thing Instagram dedicated to hamburgers. Like that's great. Like you can do, you don't have to do a <laughs> There's general bound to be food blog. multiple people who are interested in the same things that you're exactly. interested in. Exactly. And you have to talk about what you're passionate about because if you love hamburgers, but you're like, oh, but like paleo blogs are popular. So I'll just do a paleo blog instead of my hamburgers. And like I'll occasionally mention a hamburger, but you're not going to be passionate about the other stuff. So you just stick to what you love. Makes sense. Well, do you have anything else? Gosh, I feel like I do, but journey? I feel like I've just been yammering on. <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys also feel free to email me as well uh, if you're scared to email Kelsey directly. What's that email, Matt? <laughs> uh, that email <clears throat> is matt with two T's at littlebitsof.com. Yes. I'll try and answer your emails in a timely manner. And mine is Kelsey, K-E-L-S-E-Y, at littlebitsof.com. We are a dream team over here. Oh, I did forget one thing to mention, which I'll also put in the show notes, but people wanted to know what camera I have now. Oh, yeah. And I got that like two years ago, two and a half years ago. I have What the, kind of camera is it? I have the Canon 5D Mark IV. I will not lie to you. It is $4,000. <laughs> it's a lot of money. So it was a huge business but expense. But why, why did you go for that camera? It is so amazing. Why did you go for that okay. camera? <laughs> it has like a screen that you can like tap. <laughs> so it has a touch screen. <laughs> I'm very techie clearly. Okay, I, I'll send you the specs, all right? <laughs> Just lay off me. <laughs> it's a great camera though and I have some other lenses. But 
that took me a long time to build up the money to be able to buy that and know it was a business expense because I um, obviously saved money from my business to put back into my business and I um, used it as when I got my, my business credit card. I had just gotten it and it was one of those business credit cards where once you get it, in the first month, if you spend a certain amount of money, then you get 50,000 points or whatever. So I waited to get the credit card until I could get that camera. And that's what I did. Um, so it's all about being strategic with stuff like that. But, but the camera's great. just, you can do more things with it. Better yes. quality of photos. Better quality. I know with this one, you can Bluetooth like the, photos to a phone, right? Yeah, you can do that. Um, I rarely do, but you can. Um, but the good thing about this camera too is the ISO, which... What does ISO stand for? Do you know? No. That's all right. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but basically it means that if you can put your ISO number high, that means like if it's really dim outside, like if it's later at night or if it's um, really overcast, you can jack that number up high and it will brighten up the photo really well where okay. a lot of cameras can't do that or can't do it up really high at least. Um, it does diminish the quality a little bit, but it's nice in emergency situations and just in yeah. general. Um, it's just a really good quality, and I I know other reasons. It was, it's been worth it. it. it has right, been it's worth been it. a worthy investment. Yes, I'm doing all of my cookbook photos with it, so it better be worth it. I feel like a lot of professional photographers use this camera too, as well, right? Yeah. I obviously got the recommendation from Lee. <laughs> Guys, you have to follow her at Fit Foodie Finds. She's a gem. All right. Well, before we close this episode uh, of the Genuine Joy podcast, we will end it with our question for each other. So I'll start off asking Kelsey, uh, what is bringing you joy this week? Honestly, today it's been um, not being sick. <laughs> I was sick all of last week and I had terrible body aches. And you know, when you're sick and all you want to do is be healthy again, because you just feel like, wow, I don't take advantage of being healthy when I am healthy. I have that feeling right now of like, wow, it's so nice not to feel sick. And I feel like I could conquer the world and it's bringing me a lot of joy. Also, I listened to um, This Is Taylor Swift playlist on Spotify all morning. <sighs> Such joy. <laughs> what about you, Matt? What brought you joy this week? Uh, so, yeah, I'll tell you guys the story at a different time. But anyways, oh. Ruth has a teddy bear that I originally had given Kelsey. And Ruth has it now. And uh, seeing her just get so excited when she sees it and then she runs up and gives it a big hug. It just, that brings me a lot of joy. Yeah. She just started hugging and yeah. like turning her head to the side while she hugs. Yeah. It's, it's so cool when I get to come home from work and see that. So that's, that's what's bringing me joy this week. It's oh, a good one. Yeah. So, well, that pretty much sums up this episode of the genuine joy podcast. Thank you all for listening in. We love you guys. Thank you. And we hope you have a very wonderful and joyful week. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at little bits of underscore real food. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. New episodes will be out every other week. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Keep, Keep it, it joyful. joyful.